0: Turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Can you think of someone in your life that God has used to, to really profoundly encourage you and help you in your Christian walk? A uh, number of individuals come to mind in my, my heart as I think about that question. Uh, I think of a youth pastor who uh, used to take me out to do bus ministry and uh, he and I became friends, and uh, uh, he was a great encouragement to me. A uh, number of pastor friends, number of you, have been a great encouragement to me at different times, and uh, I'm grateful for the encouragement of God's people. Uh, we all need encouragement, don't we? Different times in our lives, and uh, usually the Christian life is an ebb and a flow. Some somebody once said, "You're either." coming out of a storm or you're in a storm or you're about to head into a storm and so uh, all of us need those times of encouragement. Uh, Paul is writing to a church at Colossae here and uh, he is, is seeking to encourage them at the beginning of this letter and, and so he does so in several different ways um, and uh, this is kind of an interesting letter because uh, apparently Epaphras was the person who who won them to Christ and who kind of established the church. But Paul is writing to encourage them and to help them in their Christian walk and to to help deal with a a problem of false teaching as well. And so um, uh, we need to encourage each other as God's people. And the title of my message is encouraging God's people and look with me at Uh, Colossians 1 and verse 1. It says Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will and Timothy our brother to the saints in Christ at Colossae who are faithful brothers and sisters grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints Because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. You have already heard about this hope in the word of truth. The gospel that has come to you. It is bearing fruit and growing all over the world. Just as it has among you. Since the day you heard it and came to truly appreciate God's grace. You learned this from Epaphras our dearly loved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. And he has told us about your love in the spirit. Encouraging God's people. How do we do it? Well, the first way is to pray for them. Uh, he mentions here, he says, uh, we thank God when we pray for you. Uh, apparently, the Colossian church, the people of the church of Colossae, were on his regular prayer list. Uh, maybe you've got some folks that are on your regular prayer list. Maybe you've got some churches that are on your regular prayer list. Um, Every church that I've pastored, I pray for. It's just three churches, but I I, I pray for them every day. Uh, there's other churches in this area that I pray for, um, but uh, there this idea of regular, consistent prayer. Um, I believe it was Johnny Hunt. I heard one time said that he he came across Henry Blackaby in the airport, and Henry Blackaby said to him, uh, "There's the guy that God let." Uh, me to put on my prayer list to pray for daily. And he said that was such an encouragement to him to know that he was on Henry Blackaby's prayer list. Uh, but God may lead you at a certain time to pray for somebody who is struggling. Uh, sometimes we can encourage people through um, a shared prayer time. We've got a, a ladies prayer group here in our church. We, um, there, there are people that pray together. Uh, in in various pockets of our church But uh, that is one way A lot of times men with men, women with women uh, To provide a really great uh, place For true Christian fellowship to happen Because as you share And as you uh, join your hearts in prayer together God just kind of binds you together And so uh, praying together can be an encouragement Sometimes uh, praying as God lead you can be a great encouragement. Perhaps God puts somebody on your heart at a specific time and uh, you you begin to intercede. You may not even know what the issue is, but that person comes to mind as you're in your quiet time and you begin to say, Lord, uh, please um, help this person in their spiritual walk with you. Uh, Provide what they need today. If they're going through spiritual warfare, God, give them strength and help. Whatever's needed, supply it. It may just be a brief prayer like that, but God puts somebody on your heart and you begin to pray for them. Or you may know the specific situation and you begin to um, take the specific situation to God in prayer. Sometimes you can do things in prayer that you can't do any other way. Um, I hope that uh, you lift up our church to God regularly in prayer because it's so important. The enemy wants to destroy our church. Do you believe that? And how do we come against that? Well, one of the best ways we can do that is to regularly pray. And it could be an encouragement to the whole church as we pray for the specific needs of our church. And so pray for people on the spot. Sometimes uh, I try to do that pretty regularly. Sometimes I I don't. But uh, when there's a prayer need that's brought to me, I usually will offer to pray with somebody. Now, if you don't know them real well, you might say, would you like me to pray for it now or pray for it later? <laughs> and you give them an option. So if they're awkward about praying uh, publicly, that that they're they're not uh, put in an awkward position. But uh, I've seen God encourage people in, in in a pretty profound way as we pray for them immediately. But that's a great way to encourage God's people. I can remember a time in my life where, Um, prayer with a friend is what carried me through. And I don't think I could have made it through that season of my life without that regular time, from time to time, going. Uh, We had a pastor's prayer group where we prayed, but also at times of specific need, this this individual said, hey, come by my office and we'll pray. And uh, God used that uh, to carry me through and sustain me in a very difficult time in my life. So, uh, so that's how you can encourage God's people. Pray for them. Secondly, commend them. Commend them. Uh, for, uh, verse 4, he says, We've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all the saints. The people at Colossae apparently were people of great faith and great love uh, for God and, and other people. And he, he commends them for it. He says, I see um, uh, through the words of Epaphras, I see what you're doing. And I commend you for it. Now, this is not flattery with an ulterior motive, okay? Sometimes people go around saying stuff just because they want something from somebody, you know. And, uh, uh, no, this is genuinely commending God's people uh, for the good that you see God doing in their lives. Uh, it may be an area of giftedness that you see in them. And you share that with them. And, you, you, you know, sometimes people don't even realize that God's gifted them in an area, and as you share that with them, say, You know, I think you have a gift in this area. A light bulb comes on, and they recognize this is how God's wired me, uh, this is how I can serve Him. And so, uh, but also, just being genuinely commended for something or appreciated for something can be a great encouragement. Have you ever been encouraged when somebody said, Thank you? For your faithful service and what you do, or thank you uh, for your your prayers, or whatever it might be, but uh, maybe they said, "Lord, you know I just see uh, the love of Jesus in you," or I just uh, I just really appreciate your heart uh, to minister to people who are going through a rough time. uh, Maybe I really appreciate the organizational ability you have and that you use for the sake of our church. could be I I appreciate your leadership. I see God's using you in leadership, and I appreciate what God is doing. I, I can see how our our congregation has changed, and part of the what part of the way that God has done that is through your faithful use of your gift. And uh, this kind of commending of people can be a great, powerful encouragement to them. Uh, I can remember people telling me when I was growing up, I think, I think you're going to be a preacher someday. I disagreed with them. Uh, and uh, but, but later on, when, when God called me to preach, that was a confirmation. Because people have been telling me, okay, now God's told me, okay, I better get serious about it. But it was a confirmation to me uh, in my life. And so sometimes as you commend somebody, God will take that and use it as a confirmation about something that God is doing in their life. Uh, so that commending is very important. Sometimes when you serve Christ, you become the focus of criticism. And uh, if you hear criticism several times in a day, it can become discouraging. But if you mix in with that criticism, you mix in a great positive Uh, encouragement, sometimes that encouragement will just give the lift that's needed to help that person continue on in ministry. Um, So uh, be aware of that need that we all have to be encouraged uh, through that uh, word of appreciation uh, or commending somebody for something good that they've done. Uh, So pray for them, commend them, thirdly, remind them. Uh, we talked about this a little bit this morning, but he says uh, "Because in verse 5, because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. You've heard about this hope in the word of the truth, the gospel. So remind them of their hope. He says this hope that is laid up for you. Remind them that God is rewarding them and God is laying up treasure in heaven Uh Jesus said, don't lay up treasure on earth where moth and rust corrupt and thieves break through and steal. Lay up treasure in heaven where moth or rust don't corrupt and thieves don't break through or steal. So as you serve Christ, God is laying up that treasure in heaven as you give. God is laying up that treasure in heaven Uh, as you are faithful here in this life. God is laying up that treasure in heaven And, and it is presently laid up for us. And every time you do something for Christ, God is laying up treasure in heaven. I don't know if you've ever really thought about it that way, but it's true. And so um, you can encourage people greatly just by reminding them of their hope. If you're discouraged in your service for Christ, what an encouragement it is to be reminded, listen, whatever the opinions of people may be, whatever the the, the discouragements of ministry may be, Listen, you've got treasure in heaven. Lift up your head. This life is all there is. And so reminding them of their hope, such a powerful thing. And uh, redirecting them. um, I've seen this very often in in times where people are maybe dealing with a sickness or or perhaps uh, dealing with the loss of a loved one or uh, whatever it may be. Reminding them of their hope can be a great encouragement. Um, Sometimes, uh, somebody once said, your outlook determines your outlook. And uh, I think that's true. Uh, As you begin to focus on those heavenly things, uh, it changes your perspective. And it brings great encouragement. And so, remind them of these things that we have yet to come. And uh, so pray for them, commend them, remind them, and finally inspire them. Look at verse 6. He says, uh, this, this word of the truth, the gospel, verse 5, the latter part of verse 5 says, That has come to you. It is bearing fruit and growing all over the world, just as it has among you since the day you heard it and came to truly appreciate God's grace, or to understand God's grace in truth, is literally what it says, Uh, the gospel has a power to it. And sometimes inspiring people by just just reminding them there's a power in the gospel. We don't always see what God does through the gospel. Uh, I remember uh, Bill Fay, um, as he was uh, sharing about how he'd been witnessed to you, and five times somebody had come to him to witness to him. And every single one of those times, he he never forgot. He said, "I made fun of them, I belittled them, uh, and um, he said, but I never forgot them." And he said, "God used their witness, and ultimately, I came to faith." Um, there's a power in the gospel. Uh, it's amazing how God uh, can uh, even bring those who deny that He exists to faith in Christ. I think God's got a sense of humor that way. Um, my dad called himself an atheist, and now he's a pastor. Uh, listen, God, we, have a, we serve a God who's able. And the gospel is a powerful message. And as we share the gospel, and the Holy Spirit is working along with us, and, and he is speaking to that person's heart, and he's applying the truth of the gospel to that person's heart. Listen, I want to tell you something. Strongholds can be broken. The deception of the enemy can be torn down. Uh, conviction can come, and knowledge of, of, of lostness can come, and the need for Christ can come, and there's nothing too hard for God. So inspire people, remind them of the power of the gospel. He says, look, you've seen it. It's bearing fruit, and it's growing in you. He said it's doing the same thing all over the world. Wherever the gospel is preached, there's no tongue That is spoken where the gospel doesn't have power to save. There's no geographical region or side of the tracks where the gospel doesn't have power. Whether whether it's a wealthy person or whether it's a pauper. The gospel has power to change lives. And so uh, we carry with us as we do the ministry of God. As we, we get ready to do vacation Bible school. As we share the word of God with these kids. That's powerful. We're sharing the gospel with them. We're implanting seeds in their heart, and we're teaching them concepts about salvation and redemption and, and the fact that they can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and God, some of them, I believe, will come to Christ. Others, it will be a seed planted. It will be a seed watered, and they may get saved at somebody else's Bible school, or they may get saved at their church in the future. But God does a powerful work through the gospel. And listen, believe that God's doing a powerful work through the gospel in your life. Sometimes we think of the gospel as only being for lost people, but the gospel is something we need. What does Paul say in Ephesians? He says, he says taking uh, the shoes of peace, putting on the shoes of the gospel of peace. He says, if you want to be ready for spiritual battle, you need to have the gospel as your shoes you need to have the gospel as your encouragement you need to have the gospel as your truth that you can combat the work of the enemy through the gospel you can be encouraged through the gospel have you ever failed in your walk with God and you come before him and you confess your sin maybe your head's hanging a little low or at least in your heart it is and then you read the truth of the gospel in your quiet time, and you hear about the where sin abounds, there to grace much more abound. and your heart is lifted up, and you recognize, hey, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses all my sin hallelujah and um, uh, or or perhaps uh perhaps you're discouraged in your life, and you you're reading about the fact that if as ephesians says, You have the power of the resurrection within you. And you begin to say, hey, look, Jesus came out of the grave. What am I worried about? If God be for me, who can be against me? And through the gospel, you're encouraged in your walk with God and in your service for him. Um, I want to tell you, the gospel has an inherent power both to save souls and to encourage Christians. And so every time you come to the word of God, come to it in faith. Uh, I I remember when I was a new Christian, they told me, you need to read the Word of God. You need need to be in God's house, hear the Word of God. And and, uh, I began to do that. And much of it, I didn't understand. But I did it in faith. I believed that if I would invest the time in God's Word, that God would begin to work in my life and He would begin to change me and help me become the child of God He wanted me to be. Uh, As I would come... Uh, to service, I would ha- I would come with an expectation that I was going to hear from God as the Word of God was preached that God was going to work in my life and He was going to ru- uh, He was going to bring a change. And so, the power of the gospel is such that it can change us. I I remember probably the worst sermon I ever preached. I was so embarrassed. And I, I was thinking, you know, somebody once said, you know it's, it's bad when the preacher's bored. I was preaching, and I was bored at what I was saying. I was thinking, man, this is bad. And I saw people counting tiles and looking at the carpet and, uh, you know, uh, yawning and looking around. And, it, you know, I could, it, I could tell it was just an utter failure. And I was thinking to myself, i got to land this plane. And so I wrapped it up as quickly as I could. I closed the, the Bible, and I came down, and I thought, you know what? I'm singing one verse, and I'm out of here. I'm just completely embarrassed. And as I sang that first verse, the Holy Spirit began to deal with me about singing a second verse. And I said, God, nobody's going to come. That was a terrible message. And I was sitting here arguing with God. But finally, I said, okay, God, and we sang another verse and apparently there was one guy that was listening (laughs) and uh, God somehow used that pathetic attempt that I had made and that young man gave his life to Christ he came down under conviction tears rolling down his cheeks I need to be saved you could pull me pull I almost fell down on the floor I almost uh, I, I was so shocked that God did anything through that that's the power of the gospel you can take the gospel and you can present it in an ineffective way. And it can still save a soul. That's the power of the gospel. You ought to be encouraged by that. Um, did you know Jonathan Edwards was not a great speaker? I'm sure you've heard of Jonathan Edwards. He's one of the great awakenings in America. He was, he was uh, pastoring the church where that great awakening broke out. He was not a good speaker. Uh, He would would, uh, write his manuscripts out and he would stand with a monotone voice and thick glasses reading his manuscript. Every rule of homiletics he broke. He didn't move. He didn't vary his voice. He just read his he read his manuscript like this. Can you imagine if I read my if I preached like this all the time and I never varied my voice? You're already bored. Okay. Uh, this, This is the way he preached. But God came down in power. And people fell under such conviction that while he was preaching, they didn't wait for him to give an opportunity for decision. They were at the altar weeping and crying out to God to save their soul people were being changed the whole nation was changed why because he was a great preacher no because there's power in the gospel never forget that the power for your ministry in this church and in this community is not based on your ability or your charisma or anything else the power is based on the living breathing word of God and the Holy Spirit applies this word. it's one of the most powerful things. I remember I, I was in high school and uh, there was this fella he was he was in his thirties and uh, we were working at the steakhouse he'd been laid off from his job and he was working at the steakhouse until he could uh, find a, a regular ongoing job that would support his family. And so we were on break one day, and I just felt led to share Christ with him. And I remember as I was sharing, I was thinking, this is not really, I'm not really presenting this very well. Uh, oh, well, God, I'm being obedient, <laughs> you know. And, uh I asked him if he wanted to uh, pray to receive Christ. He said, "Yeah, I do." And, um, and so we prayed there on break. You know, it just it was I, it was maybe a five minute discussion, and uh, I didn't follow up on him all the stuff they tell you to do. I didn't follow up on him. The next week he came. He said, "Me and my family went to church Sunday." I said, "Really?" He said, "Yeah." He said, yeah, he said, I'm going to be baptized. And, and, you know, he's telling me about this, what God's doing in his life. And it was just, just a very simple presentation. But God had prepared his heart. Listen, it's not hard when God's prepared them. There's power in the gospel. And so put your faith in the fact that the power of our message and the power of the Holy Spirit who works with you is greater than your inability and your shortcomings, and be inspired by that. But then inspire other people, and remind them of that truth. You know, we all we tend to uh, we tend. Matter of fact, Philip Lawler the other day, uh, this has been a couple couple of weeks ago. We we'd been out there sharing or something, and I was talking about uh, uh, I don't know something the difficulty uh, you know that we'd had in, in, a, in a visit or something like that. And he reminded me of the Bill Faye story. He said, do you remember what Bill Faye said? And I said, yeah, I do." And uh, uh, he encouraged me. What was he doing? He's he's fulfilling what we're talking about. He was inspiring me to put my trust in the power of the gospel. That's what we need to do for each other. We just need to remind each other. It's not about us. It's not about our ability. It's about the power of the gospel. And as we do that, we'll encourage each other in the ministry that we're called to fulfill. Encouraging God's people, how do you do it? Pray for them, commend them, remind them, and inspire them. And God will encourage them and encourage us corporately for the work that he has for us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of the gospel. Thank you, Lord, for the ability that we have as your people to encourage each other. Lord, I pray that you'd help us be effective with that. Help us follow the leading of your Holy Spirit and commending and praying and uh, inspiring people and just whatever, whatever you desire us to do to bring encouragement to each other. And Father, if there's somebody here today that doesn't know Jesus Christ, I pray for the encouragement that comes.